and welcome to this edition of the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. This is the program where we get together each Sunday night. We talk about the news of the week, the events of our often bizarre lives, and where we provide you with a three-hour oasis of rationality in the desert of insanity, which is the American cultural and political landscape. Happy July 4th weekend to everybody out there, and happy July 4th weekend to Leah Brandon. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I know you're doing great because you're you're doped up on uh, painkilling drugs, so that's always I fun. am. I could not be better. <laughs> <laughs> That'll always make for an interesting radio show. Uh, <laughs> not that the normal John and Leah show isn't already interesting. Uh, obviously, this is a, a big weekend because it's July 4th weekend, one of uh, my favorite weekends uh, and holidays of the year. This year, it's particularly special because it happens to actually fall on a Monday, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a couple of reasons, but one of which, of course, uh, is that with Monday off, everyone can listen to the John and Leah show live instead of just waiting for the podcasts, uh, especially on the east on the east coast. <laughs> I know that was on the minds of a lot of people. I'm sure, <laughs> but you have not you don't have to work tomorrow in mo- in most cases, so you can stay up a little bit later on the east coast uh, and listen on one of the 23 stations across this formerly great nation of ours, which carry the John and Leah show on a weekly basis. Uh, July 4th is always special, obviously, because it's America's birthday, and I'm a very patriotic guy, although not nearly as patriotic as I used to be. Which not per- nearly. Which apparently puts me in good company based upon some polling data that we'll get to later on in the program that came out this week. Uh, but I was married six years ago today on July 3rd. Yep. Uh, an event- I was there. I know you were. At an event mm-hmm. that I never thought would happen. Uh, you and I talked often on and off the air when we were on KFI in Los Angeles back in the day that I would never, ever get married. Mm-hmm. And then uh, six years ago uh, to the day, that all changed. You, When you were in attendance, uh, what would you have thought were the odds of there being a sixth wedding anniversary with myself and my wife? Honestly? Yeah, no, no, lie to me. Well, no, tell me honestly. <laughs> Zero. Zero? Yep. Zero. Zero. Are you for real? No, I'm serious. I didn't think you would make it to five. I'm stunned. (laughs) Here we are at six. So you're telling me there's a chance. Um, No, I'm stunned. This should give everyone out there hope. Are you really? Are you kidding around, Leah? You thought thought there was zero chance that we would make it to six years. Zero. And why was that? Because you're very pessimistic. Well, okay. It's hard. Sounds like you were the pessimist. I I figured we'd make it six years. It's hard to live 24-7 with a pessimist. You know, Uh, with someone who uh, always, you know, even when you're. (laughs) Always right. See? Ah, and there's the other thing. (laughs) You're always right, too. (laughs) Which It's a bad combination, being a pessimist and being right. It's weird how they a lot of times match up together. Well, quote, unquote, always right. Yeah, okay. All right, But so what you're basically saying is you didn't think that she could bear me for six years. That's what you're really saying. Reading between the lines, you're saying you figured she would dump my ass before six years. Correct. Which I'm sure a lot of people are confused by the fact that she hasn't as of yet. Very. Uh, Wow, you're really rubbing it in, Leah. <laughs> you are taking no prisoners on this. Look, uh, the reality is, uh, you know, getting married was by far the most difficult thing I've ever done. I'm sure it's the most difficult thing my wife has ever done, probably more difficult than it was for me. Uh, as of today, it was one of the best decisions I've ever made, 
Although I, I'm still, you know, this is the pessimist in me. I, I still think there's mm-hmm. a chance in the long run it could end up being the worst decision we both made. Who knows for sure? I'm hoping it's not. But I, I still think there's a reasonable chance. And I think she would agree with this. She can't. She was going to come on the show tonight, but she also is doped up. Uh, not on. Well, she's kind of doped up on drugs, but her hormones, hormones are all out of whack because of our efforts to try to have a second child. Um, so she she deferred. <laughs> From, from coming on the program to talk about wow, our anniversary. This would have been the absolute best time. To yeah, for, if, for you or for me. Yeah, but she's not. <laughs> she's not that type of person. She doesn't like the attention, uh, or or the potential disaster that could occur because of that. But we've, my wife and I have uh, mostly jokingly, but not totally jokingly. You know, we're big fans of Dateline on NBC. And we still think there's a reasonable chance our relationship You're gonna could, show up on could, there. could end up. The, the final chapter could be written by Dateline NBC. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the most likely scenario that my wife has always theorized, which actually sounds unfortunately far too likely, is that something, something tragic happens to my wife. And then because of my notorious reputation in public, I get unfairly blamed and convicted for a crime I did not commit. That's the most likely scenario. <laughs> Oh, it's like oh. a Ben Affleck movie or yeah, something. Yeah, oh, I'm absolute Gone Girl, right? I, that, that is, That's the one. That could totally be me. Completely <laughs> be me. I did nothing, but everybody blames me because, well, it's John Ziegler. Of course he did it. Um, all right, boy, that's a really morbid way to start off this program. Are you until, kidding? It's just getting good. Right. Well, I mean, look, people think you and I argue a lot, fight a lot, uh, which we do occasionally, which I think livens up the show a little bit. That's nothing in comparison to my wife. <laughs> we, when we go at it, wow, we really go at it. But, <laughs> but we're still together after six years, and um, something to be said for that. It's it's not easy. I have a lot mm-hmm. of respect. I have I am in awe of you know I had I had grandparents uh, one one pair of which made it to sixty. Uh, I've got in laws who have made it past fifty. I have no idea how anybody yeah, does but that. I, I think it was easier back in the day. I mean, honestly, I think it was easier. Well, it can't be much harder because I cannot. I mean, I'm not going to live anywhere near long enough to test, you know, a 50 or 60. I'll be lucky to live long enough to make it to 25. Uh, but uh, I can't even can comprehend of, of how difficult that would be in this day and age to make it. And I, have, I am yeah. absolutely in awe of people who have been able to make it work. And once again, the bottom line, the headline of this is, I'm not surprised, under, unlike Leah Brandon, that we made it the six years, and I'm glad that we have, and uh, and hopefully we'll make it. How, how, how pathetic is this? Hopefully we'll make it another six years. <laughs> hey, <laughs> something to celebrate. <laughs> it I, is. I'll take anything I can get in this crazy, effed-up world we're living in, Leah Brandon. All right. Amen. As usual, we'll, when we start the the the, the uh, core of the John and Leah show, when we come back, we'll get to the news of the week right here on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah show. My name is John Ziegler. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. And uh, my co-host is Leah Brandon. And as is often the case, we like to uh, lead off the program with uh, some of the bigger news stories of the week. And for a lot of people, no question about it, 
It was the continuing FBI investigation of uh, presumed Democratic presidential nominee Hillary Clinton and her husband putting a whole lot of uh, mess into the works with a impromptu meeting with the attorney general. Tell us more about that, Leah. Okay, so yeah, Hillary Clinton was interviewed by the FBI yesterday. This was for three and a half hours. This, of course, in connection to her criminal investigation regarding that private server she had installed in the basement of her house in New York. She used that exclusively to conduct state business. Now, after the interview, she called MSNBC and talked to Chuck Todd. I was pleased to have a chance to sit down and answer their questions today uh, to try to help uh, bring this uh, review to a conclusion. This was not a review. This was a criminal investigation because Hillary Clinton never used a secure government email. Now, Clinton saying this when pressed for specifics on her questioning. I'm not going to go into any more detail than I already have in public uh, many times, as you mm-hmm. certainly know, out of respect for the process. Now, she also was asked about that inappropriate meeting in Phoenix on the tarmac between her husband and the U.S. Attorney General Loretta Lynch in charge of the investigation into her inappropriate use of email. And here's what she said. I learned about it in the news, uh, and it was a short chance meeting at an airport tarmac. Uh, Both of their planes, as I understand it, were landing on the same tarmac at about the same time. And the attorney general's husband was there. They said hello. They talked about grandkids, which is very much on our minds these days. Uh, Golf, uh, their mutual friend, former attorney general Janet Reno. Now, according to CNN, within the next two weeks or so, the expectation is there will be an announcement of no charges being brought against Hillary Clinton. Uh, The caveat is so long as no evidence of wrongdoing emerges from her interview with the FBI. Now, when that part of the story was announced, 41 percent of the country and Donald Trump went nuts on Twitter. (laughs) Well, speaking of what uh, Trump did on Twitter, I found it interesting that that, uh, he um, tweeted that this was proof. By the way, he believed the story, which I didn't understand why he believed the story since he doesn't believe anything the news media reports. But he believed the story and said it was proof that the system is rigged. This was about 45 minutes after he had tweeted that it would be, quote unquote, impossible for the FBI to not recommend charges against Hillary Clinton. So that was a a, a chaotic hour, even by Donald Trump's standards. But let's go back to the beginning of this, because there's a lot of interesting elements to this story. So let's review. Um, What we have here is that the Democratic presidential nominee Mm -hmm. is under FBI investigation and was forced to answer questions for three and a half hours in just a couple of days after the attorney general gets caught (laughs) Meeting with her husband in what they're describing as an impromptu meeting on an on a airplane tarmac, and I'm thinking this is awesome. We are so gonna win. She her unfavorables are off the charts to begin with. No one likes her. This is gonna turn everybody against her. The, the uh, Clinton Bill Clinton meeting with the Attorney General is gonna put a cloud over whatever decision they make. We are in like Flynn in November. And then I realized, oh, crap, we nominated Donald Trump. Oops. Oh, man, damn. Because we had her. We yeah. had her. She was <laughs> dead to rights. And we go and nominate 
the only guy who can't beat her and who will make sure that her people turn out no matter what. All right, now that's that was my first reaction. Now, as far as this meeting between Lynch and Bill Clinton, I'm fascinated by this, Leah, and my take, as usual, is going to be different, and it's probably going to piss off some people. I don't but, know, because I've got a different take on it, too, so hit me. All right, good. I'm, I'm fascinated by what you're going to say. I do believe that this was impromptu. That doesn't make it right at all, but bear with me here, because it doesn't make any other sense. It doesn't make much sense otherwise. I think that Clinton found out that Lynch was right there and said to himself, because he's an egomaniac, right? I mean, we, we, we know Bill Clinton's an egomaniac, like any almost anybody that, that runs for president, uh, and he, he, he believes very, very highly in his ability to persuade people of anything. And, of course, he's a former president, so he's a big celebrity, and he gets what he wants. So I think he just I, – I truly believe – this is going to sound very naive to people because I'm the yes. ultimate cynic. I truly believe that the meeting was not about making sure that Hillary doesn't get charged because that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I don't think that's what the meeting was about either. I think it was now, – now, there may have been subtle intimidation – there might have been, you know, wink, wink, nod, nod. Uh, but and, and Clinton, I think, believes so much in his own personality and his own charisma. Now, the, now, from Lynch's standpoint, it was completely idiotic to do what she did. However, even that in in the heat of the moment. And it's by the way, one of their excuses was that it was actually so hot that that's why she let her in the plane was because it was hot on the tarmac, which I'm not buying. I'm not buying that part. But in the heat of the moment. If a former president of the United States from your party says, hey, can I meet with you? I can see where that's a tough thing to to, to stop. How do you stop it? Because <laughs> Leah, no, Leah, how do I you stop you, it? Zig. How do you stop it? How do you stop that from happening? Okay, well, that tell me how you stop that from happening. False, you, Zig. What? It was a total setup. Not okay. only was it a setup, you know that, but it Leah? was a setup you know to that? leak it. But based on what? It was, this was Look, a disaster. This, this was, was a dis- not a disaster. This was a this complete- absolves uh, Loretta Lynch of anything, whichever what? way it goes. What? Now she blames it on the FBI and quote what? unquote what? Leah, you, career. You, you have blah, gone blahs. off the, the conspiracy deep end. What you're saying no. makes no sense. Look at your conspiracy all. deep end started months ago that nothing would ever happen and conspiracy. no charges no, no, would no. be brought. No, okay. That's not a but conspiracy. But how are they going to do well, this? Leah, I want to I want to show you just how completely idiotic <sighs> what you're saying is. So so the the theory is that Clinton meets with Lynch so that it would get leaked and be perceived as a disaster so that Lynch their goalkeeper, their last line of defense if the FBI decides to to press charges or to recommend well, charges. Going to. But but wait a minute, Leah. You, if they're not going to, then why bother with this ruse? Because it looks what? insane. It looks stupid. It looks it looks incredibly corrupt. Well we gotta we gotta continue with this because Leah has completely jumped off the deep end on the John and Leah show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network.
Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. That's where you can check out each and every one of the 23 different radio stations across this formerly great nation of ours which broadcast the John and Leah Show on a weekly basis. Kind of appropriate that we come back with the Rocky music since uh, Leah and I got in a pretty big fight in the last segment, one I did not expect. Uh, it's not unusual for Leah and I to have different perspectives on news stories, but we're about as 180 degrees uh, opposed on how to interpret what's going on with uh, Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton and Loretta, Loretta Lynch and the email situation as we could possibly be. And Leah, I truly, honestly want to understand where you're coming from here because I, I, I'm baffled as to what you think happened here. You are, do you really believe that Bill Clinton purposely created a controversy to get Loretta Lynch off the hook on the email investigation? Is that your theory? Okay, you're the one that told me years and years ago, and it has never not been true, that the Clintons do not do anything by chance, ever. Everything is planned. Well, Bill's getting pretty old, just for the record. (laughs) But go ahead. All right, go ahead. Okay, so Loretta Lynch, I believe, has... Uh, aspirations of perhaps Supreme Court. Okay. She wants to hang around with the Clintons All right. uh, and, and, you know, kind of not lose face, okay. uh, which she will definitely do if this whole thing comes out and it kind of looks like it's on her shoulders because Hillary Clinton did violate the law and she should uh, serve some jail time and be indicted. However, uh-huh. um, since it's not going to happen, you know, it's kind of like, should she want to go on the Supreme Court? I think the Republicans are going to have a problem with that. They may not get it through. It just looks okay, bad. Okay, She's but, got to somehow but, m- separate herself from this. All right. I, but, but see, you're, to, from what I understand of your theory, there, there's a couple of things that, that make it completely unworkable and implausible because let let it has to have you have to have a, a a a theory that is consistent throughout so is your theory that bill clinton knows or doesn't know that the fix is in that hillary will not be recommended uh, for criminal charges does he know or not know oh for sure he knows okay. and she heard about it on the news okay so you you're saying that bill clinton knows that the fix is in. So yeah. if, if the fix is in, why father? See, this is to me the most interesting element of the meeting. Because to me, Oxum's razor, it indicates Bill doesn't know that the fix is in. And he's and he's trying to you make... You knew a year ago. I don't know. No. There's a difference between knowing and knowing. Okay? Yeah. I, I, mean, I mean, I knew a year ago Hillary wasn't going to get... Because of Obama. But the logic was simple. If Hillary was going to get charged, Obama would know, or at least have a heads up, that that was likely, and he would have urged Joe Biden to get in the race. That's basic logic. It's not a conspiracy, and I I believe it was as sound uh, then as it is today. However, to me, Bill Clinton, making however impromptu it was, making an effort to meet face-to-face in a plane with Loretta Lynch with his wife scheduled to meet with with the FBI on Saturday for three and a half hours, that indicates that's that's the act of a guy who doesn't know for sure 
that the fix is in and is trying to do everything he can to make sure that everybody is on the same page, whether it's even not even spoken. It's wink, wink, nod, nod. That's what it feels like to me. So my question to you, Leah, for a theory that makes sense throughout. So Bill knows what's Bill's incentive to embarrass himself, which is what he did, Wow. By, by having because he's been humiliated over the last several days, even even some mainstream news organizations have called him out on how ridiculous and absurd it was to meet with the attorney general in private under these circumstances. So There's what no is what's Bill's and what is Bill's what is Bill? No, no. Hold on a second, Leah. Let's do the logic. Bill has no incentive incentive to do that if he knows that the fix is in. And by the way, if the fix is in, he's actually. Uh, creating a situation which delegitimizes the decision not to to uh, charge her with criminal activity because of all the publicity that the meeting with the attorney general got. So it's a double negative for nope. Bill Clinton. So explain nope. to me what the hell his incentive is to do this. Because now it goes from Loretta Lynch to a bunch of faceless, quote unquote, career no, investigators. But, but hold on a second. Leah, they have to recommend not to to indict. So if and if I'm really baffled by your your logic here, because if Clinton already knows, if Clinton already knows that the fix is in, he has no need to worry about this. Let it go. Let it play out. And therefore, there's no stain on the investigation. There's there's no conspiracy theories. And the FBI, they can always just say, well, the FBI looked into it. Uh, the FBI is independent. They determined that there were no uh, no criminal activity. No, they didn't recommend charges to be made. That would be the right way to go. Now they've effed the whole thing up. So because now even if if the FBI, if this story, CNN story and others are reporting the same thing is true, and by the way, I'm I'm suspicious that it's not. And let me explain why I'm suspicious. Why it's not since I'm on that right now. You mean uh, the sources? Yeah, well, no, I'm a, I'm a big believer as a media expert that the magnitude of the story. We've talked about this before with regard to the way the National Enquirer works. The magnitude of the story has to at least somewhat be consistent with the magnitude of the reporting. In other words, when the National Enquirer reports that uh, JFK is alive, but they only put it in, you know, the the uh, the, the upper two inches of the of the front page, you know, He's it's not true. Alive. <laughs> you know, it's not true because if JFK really was alive, it would probably take the full front page front of the page. National Enquirer. Mm-hmm. You, you see what I'm saying? If you yes. take that analogy, if you really have information that Hillary Clinton is not going to be charged and that there'll be no recommendation for charges, you don't just tweet that out. And by the way, tweet it out on behalf of another reporter. It wasn't even the the reporter who got the story that tweeted it out first. So that doesn't make any sense to me. So I, I think that that report is predictive reporting. I think it's very likely to be the case. I think that makes sense. I don't think everyone has known this since the beginning. And more information came out than we ever expected to come out about just how bad it is. The DNC has been covering their rear end since the beginning, and they've made one mistake after another. However, it's all going to the same point, and that is to absolve Loretta Lynch and to blame the FBI and let This doesn't make absolve her... her at all. This makes her look terrible. Oh, no, because she's stepping back. No, no. Oh, I have nothing to do with it. But, I promise you my meeting with but, him was nothing. But, but Leah, 
again, I'm going to say one last time. Bill Clinton has no incentive to do that. Even if even if your theory was plausible, which I don't think it is, but okay. I mean, I can see where it makes some sense. From but but from everybody's from Bill Clinton's perspective, I get that maybe Loretta Lynch is looking for some way out of this. I, I'm not buying it, but I, at least it's not insane. But you have not come up with any explanation for why Bill Clinton would humiliate himself and put a cloud over what you're saying he knows is going to be her exoneration. That makes no sense well, at all. You know, look, Bill Clinton meeting with her in Phoenix was planned. Yeah. And if you think it wasn't, but for what that's purpose? Insane. For what well, purpose? I don't. I can't okay. give you a purpose you'll be happy with, all obviously. Right. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm, I'm, so all right. sorry you I are asked. prepared to <laughs> never be happy with any explanation. No, I'm. So I, we'll go with yours. <laughs> Leah, oh, come on. You know I love you. I'm very open-minded. If you gave me one, I'd be, no. I, I would. I would change my mind. In I'm a telling you why. Because Loretta Lynch is worried. Maybe she's the one that set it up. Who knows? No, there's, no, that's not possible because there's way too many people. Talk about Well, they didn't meet in her office no, no, because that no, would no, be on the record. There, they didn't way... make a phone call because that would be on the record. There's, Leah, there's way too many people who have come out immediately with, uh, with, a, with, a, with the story of what really happened here, and none of it is consistent with the scenario that you just outlined. But look, oh, you're here, right, the grandchildren in golf. Oh, no, I, I, I'm not buying that at all because, here, you know, let me, and I'm glad you brought that up. Hillary's answer is way too specific. Way, way too specific. Because, Janet Reno. Be, because in all seriousness, if, if, if in real life, think about this in real life, folks. If your spouse has a conversation with somebody and it's a normal, non-nefarious conversation and they say to you, yeah, I ran into Loretta today. Oh, really? What'd you talk That's about? That's great. What'd you talk about? There is no way you get into that level of detail <laughs> about yeah. what they discussed. there's also discuss. no way you start it by going, I heard about it on the news. Yeah, that's well, that's Obama's favorite, right? Exactly. I mean, I, so she's using that now. Right. I heard it about on the news. Um, but so I'm not, I am not buying at all the, uh, the Clinton cover story. I'm just fascinated because I, I don't have a good explanation for why Bill wanted to do this, because to me, it's more consistent with him feeling insecure about the investigation than it is that he knows that the fix is in. But here's the bottom line, folks. The bottom line of all this is if you've been holding out your hopes <laughs> for Hillary Clinton to be indicted, and that's why it was OK to nominate a guy with no logical chance to beat her if she's unindicted, you are going to be sorely disappointed. And we warned you about this for a year ma- ago, many, many months. Now, I'm not going to declare victory on this yet because uh, I'm not buying, as I've already explained, those CNN reports because they don't make full sense. Uh, it seems like predictive reporting to me, but I do think that's what's going to end up happening. Uh, and it probably will be in the next couple of weeks because it has to be before the Democratic before convention. The convention. Right. All right. When we <laughs> when we come back, uh, we'll move to uh, Donald Trump on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network.
Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. This is our weekly look at the race for the White House 2016. And that, of course, means at least a couple of segments on Donald Trump because uh, listeners to this program know that there is really just one existential question when it comes to this program. I mean, there's probably more than one, but the primary one was best asked by my four-year-old daughter, Grace, when she asked about Donald Trump. Is Trump a bad guy or a good guy? That's basically what we've been trying to figure out for the last year. Uh, I'm in the uh, category of he is a bad guy. Uh, Leah seems to be more in the category of he's okay guy, better than uh, no. Hillary. No, no, no. Yes. I'm in the category of it's not Hillary. I'll right. take it whatever it is. I'd vote for Satan over it. Hillary. Well, you that's pretty much your choice. <laughs> There you go. pretty much what we're left with. That's where I am. You can go for Hillary, but no thank you. I'm not doing that. And for the record, Grace is probably with you because this is what Grace said about Hillary. She wants to steal all my stuff. She wants to steal all my stuff. That's right. Even her Chuck E. Cheese coins. So, um, (laughs) all right. So with that said, uh, the reason I mention this in this particular segment is one of the major things that happened with Trump this week is that both he... And his new best friend, Sarah Palin, my former girlfriend, as was once described on MSNBC by Keith Oberman, rather inaccurately, um, Sarah Palin and Donald Trump both, both made concerted efforts to try to create this narrative for a very specific reason, I believe, that Republicans are not supporting Trump in sufficient numbers. And if you finish the thought, that's going to be the reason why he will lose. So they're already mm-hmm. laying the foundation for the narrative for why Trump is going to lose. It's not because he was the wrong nominee or that there's something wrong with Trump, because after all... With me, it's just works. You know, it's magic. So it can't be Trump. It has to be somebody else's fault. So the the fall guy here is going to be the 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 nebulous Republican establishment and the Republican elite and conservative philosophers and principled people, people like myself, who just can't stomach the idea of Donald Trump being the Republican nominee. We're the ones that are going to be blamed. Specifically, Donald Trump wanted to blame, or is, is already trying to blame, hilariously, a couple of the other candidates that he tortured almost literally, during his uh, slash and burn to the nomination because they have not come out to specifically endorse him. Uh, He's referring, I'm guessing, to Lion Ted Cruz, as he referred to him numerous times Mm -hmm. during the campaign. What about low-energy Jeb? I don't think he wants Jeb's endorsement. (laughs) I don't think, I doubt that, that Jeb's endorsement really means anything, but you know what? When you're looking for an excuse for why you're going to lose, maybe he'll add Jeb to the list. Uh, John Kasich is also very prominently on the list. And Kasich matters because he's the governor of Ohio. And Trump's only, I cannot emphasize this enough, his only path to defeating Hillary is all the Romney states, Florida, Pennsylvania, and Ohio. So Kasich basically can block uh, Trump winning if he wanted to. And oh, he, he'll do that. And he sure. and he and he has not endorsed him. So Trump came out <laughs> and declared that those Republican candidates for president who have not endorsed him should never be allowed to run for office again. And here's what that sounded like. They signed a pledge saying they will abide, saying they will 
back the candidate of the party. And now they sit back, and the pledge is out there, and the press doesn't even go after them on that. They broke their word. In my opinion, they should never be allowed to run for public office again because what they did is disgraceful. <laughs> it's all disgraceful. Right. All right. Now, that would be interesting <laughs> if, if a couple of things hadn't happened. Like, for instance, at the very first debate when the pledge came up and Donald Trump was the only guy who raised his hand who said he wouldn't sign it. Okay, he did That's sign right. it. He did sign it. So, okay, he's got some plausible deniability there, except... A couple of months later, in the middle of the campaign, he had this conversation with Anderson Cooper on CNN. More than six months ago, you pledged to support the Republican nominee, whoever that may be. A lot has changed since then. It sounded, when I was pressing Senator Cruz on it, sounded like he was saying he'd have a hard time supporting somebody who he, went he after his wife. Honestly, he doesn't have to support me. I'm not asking for support. Would, I, do I you want, ple- do you I want the people's support. Do you he continue to pledge whoever the Republican want, nominee is? Uh, no, I don't anymore. Look, uh, you don't. I, no, we'll see who it is. I you mean, won't promise to support the Republican uh, nominee. And he was essentially saying the same thing. Let, let me just tell you, uh, he doesn't have to support me. I have tremendous support right now from the people. I'm way over two million votes more than him. So but, the pledge you took is null and void. The idea of I, I have been, supporting I have whoever treated, the Republican nominee is, you say you will no longer guarantee that you will support the Republican nominee. I have been treated very unfairly. Look, I won the state of Missouri, right? No, I have. Uh, cruise people. Uh, I've been treated. I've been treated very unfairly. Uh, I'll give you an example. Unfairly I by won, who? Uh, I think by basically the RNC, the Republican Party, the establishment. All right, now. That that was back when Trump was starting to get nervous he might not win the nomination. The reality is that if you are able to properly interpret that minute-long conversation with Anderson Cooper, it's clear that he is reneging on the pledge. Yes. And so for him to now, now that he's the nominee, use the pledge to make some sort of argument that because people like Kasich and Cruz and a couple of others haven't specifically endorsed him that they can't even run for public office again is pretty rich, even by Trump standards. Would you not agree with that, Leah? Yeah, uh, that's it's a bit much. I mean, he really needs to take a look at why these people, everyone is jumping off the ship and fix it within, not without. You know, that's a great point, because. There are people who are maybe they weren't even on the ship to begin with, but there's a there's an incredible dearth of Republican leaders who are rushing to Trump's defense. And why is that? Well, there's two reasons. They don't like the way he's running the campaign. They don't Mm -hmm. a lot of them don't think he's qualified and he's also losing. And by the way, that's like the ultimate proof that he is losing people. If you're about to be president of the United States, you can be the most heinous human being alive and people in your party are going to rush to your side. They're going to Hillary Clinton. Exactly. They're going to beg to be part of your convention. They're not going to run away because if they think you're going to be president, it doesn't principles to most people don't matter. It's about power. It's about the future and then not being on the bad side of a guy who's going to be not just the leader of your party, but leader of the free world. None of that's happening. Why is that not happening? It's not happening because the people who know, the people who are professionals, the people who have been through this before, it's not their first rodeo. They all know he's going down in flames, despite 
what some polls came out and said this week, and I want to talk about that when we come back, among other things. I do have to mention that Sarah Palin it now has a term for people like me, rats. Now calling me a rat. Okay, uh, that's re- funny. Republicans against Trump. This from a woman who didn't lift a finger for Mitt Romney, who she tried to sabotage because it wasn't in her best interest for Romney to win, and who endorsed a Democrat to, to beat her former lieutenant governor for governor in Alaska. Holy yeah. hypocrisy, Batman! And it connotes a sinking ship. Well, that's too. Bad. Hour number, Bad. hour number two coming up next on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. 